sound seekers. Welcome to another episode of Sound for Thought, a show that begs the question, what's the point? What's the point of making music, that is, so essentially, what's the point is the point of this podcast. I hope everyone listening out there is continuing to stay safe and sane. I know this is a hard time for all of us. I am stoked to see how many people are gravitating towards this show and coming back for each new episode to discover some new music with me. It's nice to see that the show can positively impact people's lives in some small way and bring even a sliver of joy into people's routine. Today, I'm excited to share a conversation I had with the talented and funny Andy Bianculi of the band Star Parks. Star Parks is a super cool indie band out of Austin, Texas that craftfully blends many different styles and genres of music. Their sound is funky, it's soulful, it's groovy, energetic. Andy also just had a bunch of really cool thoughts to share during this episode, and I think you will all enjoy it. You can follow Star Parks on Instagram and Facebook, and of course find their music on all the major streaming platforms. Their latest record, The New Sounds of Late Capitalism, is available now through Modern Outsider, and you can also order the record on Bandcamp, and Andy himself will ship it to you. We wrote a review of this album on our website, RedefiningRecords.com, if you're interested in reading a little bit about what we thought of the record before you go buy it. The only other thing I want to promote right now is our new collective EP release, Colt Covers Volume 1. You can find it at redefiningrecords.bandcamp.com and purchase the songs with all proceeds going towards the Music Cares COVID-19 Relief Fund. When you purchase, you get five brand new cover tracks recorded by all the bands in our creative cult, that is Vaudeville Revival, Delta Dagger, The Judd Zingle Project, Carney and Magic Fingers. And FYI, just to give you a hint, there may be some bonus material when you buy the album, so go check it out. It's for a good cause, and there's some really great tunes on there. Now, before we jump into the interview, we're going to listen to a track by Star Parks so that you can get a taste of their sound. Then, at the end of the episode, you'll hear another track and you'll be able to see if your perspective on the band changes at all after getting to know Andy's story. This one is called Something More. Please enjoy.
Well, I mean, we can not really have a conversation without inevitably talking about the current situation. And I want to check in on how you're doing with the whole COVID-19 thing. But I thought first I could start with something fun (laughs) and lighthearted and just ask you if you have any pets. I do. I have two cats. I would love to hear about your cats. I love my cats. They're one. The one's like a Maine Coon. He's like a big guy. His name's Chicken. And then I have like a little kitten. She's about a year, and her name's Pickle. And oh, uh, yeah. she's just like a regular old cat. Um, I they are so happy because I'm here all the time now, and they have been so yeah. sweet. But uh, what my the little one got beat up by a street cat last week, so I have to go oh, to the, the fucking vet. But they're very nice to the vet. I feel like every it's strange because some places are taking advantage. And this was like a fancy vet, which I'd never been to. It was the only one that was open. And they charged me like not a lot of money to take care of the cat. So I think like it's it's nice. Some people are doing the right yeah. thing, you know. So yeah, that's really that, nice. But, but yeah, I have two cats. I love them very much. They sound adorable. I they, love those names. Yeah, Chicken is a, is a big boy. <laughs> yeah, Maine Coons, those are cool. I mean, he's not like, like one of the huge ones. He's like a Siamese Maine Coon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have a, um, I have a Tonkinese cat, so she's like kind of looks like a Siamese a little bit, but um, a little bit smaller. He's cross-eyed. He's very stupid. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's pretty- I love a good like goofy looking animal. Yeah. You can't tell unless he's outside in the sun. So when he's inside, he's like normal. He goes outside, he gets all wonky. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, on to the virus now. <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk about the virus. <laughs> some shit together. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. I thought I had it, actually. Oh, really? Um, like, you know, a month ago, I had a fever. And, uh, you know, everything hurt. And I was freaking out, as, you know, one would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew a few people who thought they had it, too. So I was, like, really in my head. It lasted for about three days. And then I was okay. Uh, okay. I spent a bunch of, t- I was in a hospital with my girlfriend cause she had a surgery like that, that week that the, the thing yeah. shut down. So I was in a hospital for like a whole day. So then after that, I, I was like really freaking out cause like, Oh, I'm around all these sick people, you know? And then, uh, yeah. and then I got kind of sick, but I'm fine. That was about a month ago. Other than that, I don't have a job. I got laid off. My girlfriend got laid off. Um, but it's okay. I, I guess. I don't know how long yeah. I could survive like this. I don't have any gigs. I ever, it's ever, I'm in the same boat as everybody. I'm not going to complain, you know? Well, no, yeah. I mean, I'm just interested to hear, um, you know, kind of how people are handling it and stuff. And, I mean, especially listeners who follow your music would be interested just to know what, what you're doing in your day-to-day life now. I mean, binging Netflix or what's your kind of routine been? Uh, I got – I'm I'm into to, – I got this power washer, just cleaning thing. I'm very, I, I, I need to do stuff, you know? So I, yeah, me too. Just organizing things. I bought a bunch of recording equipment, which I have almost figured out. So I think I almost have a functioning studio, which is great. Ooh. So I can start making some stuff. And I'm going, I have an EP that I'm almost done with. And my engineer is like a, a town over. So we're going to start doing that next week. So we got like a record we could finish, which would be friggin' awesome, you know, to do that during this yeah. time. Uh, and I don't know. I'm learning to play drums. Uh, I usually 
tr- I'm really bad at it, but I, I try to play for about an hour a day. Yeah. I could keep up with it because I'm really, really bad, so it's frustrating. And I'm trying to get yeah. better at stride piano, so I do that for about an hour a day. And that drives my girlfriend nuts because I'm just playing, you know, Fats Waller. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> That's what I was, I was wondering when you said drums too. I'm like, oh, your neighbors are probably stoked about that. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I've actually, this is me brought my neighbors together. We've been really like hanging out more. Oh, that's cool. It's family to the left of me. And they've been, I, I, we told them casually that we lost our jobs. And I yeah. think that that made them feel really bad for us. So they've been like dropping food off on our porch. Oh, that's really sweet. That's what I feel like such a charity case. I'm like, please, like it's, it's enough, you know, <laughs> it's very nice. They dropped off Chinese food. Their kids made us this dessert. I was like, oh my God. Oh, damn. That's yeah, awesome. Very sweet. And I, I tried to like, hey, can I give you anything? You got a record player? Like, can I give you something? And they're like, no, it's fine. So now I just, I don't know. I give them some herbs and shit because I got a garden. You get the, you give them the sound of your drum practice that, through the yeah. walls. She goes, I hear you playing piano all the time. It's nice. I'm like, is it? There you go. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if she was uh, just trying to hint at that she hears me playing all the time. Could be. Yeah. yeah. No, they're all very. I think piano should be fine. Yeah. I mean, also like, I always dampen it. I don't just let it rip. Yeah, I, I, I you're aware. Metal. You're aware of your surroundings. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm keeping busy. I watch a lot of old movies. Oh yeah. What, yeah. what do you have any uh, recommendations? Oh man, I, I don't know what kind of movies you like. Well, I'm curious what you. I mean, I I like just like indie films, but I'm I mean, like I, I've always wanted to get into older movies. Yeah, that's like pretty much. I just love old movies. Uh, I don't know. Uh, get the Criterion Collection. It's like a thing. You could just go through a bunch of old movies. Do you like foreign? Yeah. This is yeah. That's something I've heard of like a few times. I haven't quite pulled the trigger on the Criterion Collection yet, but oh, man. it sounds it's, cool. It is great. You could uh, you could just go through like directors one at a time. There's this woman named Agnes Varda. I've been watching all her movies. Uh, John Cassavetes, cool. my man. I don't know if you ever heard of that. You, you ever seen Rosemary's Baby? No, no, I not. That movie? Well, the lead guy in that movie is an actor, but he's also like he kind of invented indie film, like or pioneered Ooh. it in this like late sixties, well, early sixties, really. And he made a bunch of these like crazy movies. You ever watch Columbo? No. Okay. You ever seen? I'm acting like an old man. I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, have you I haven't seen, seen any Princess movies. Pride? You ever seen The Princess Pride? Yes. Yes. All right, you know the grandfather in that movie? Yes. Reading the story, that guy Peter Falk, he's in all these movies. Oh, cool! He's fantastic. Okay, but uh, yeah, I'll check it out. I can give you movies. I'll talk about movies all day. Cool. That's awesome. Are you? um, Have you ever like? I know Austin's a big film community place. Have you ever like dipped your toes in trying to work on some films, short films, or something? One of my really good friends made a movie. And I auditioned. He kind of wrote it about us, like his group of friends. And, yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I guess I'm a shit actor. I thought maybe I could do it, but it didn't work out. Which thank Acting God, because he got he spent it, you know it cost. It's a feature film. It probably cost him like I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars or some shit. Whatever a movie cost. Yeah. And if he would have cast me, it would have been a nightmare. So I'm glad <laughs> he found a real actor. But at the like when he was getting it started, he wrote the script. Like I did screen tests, you know. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's, uh, I was not good at it. But I've That's done exciting, music videos yeah. also that I'm bad at. 
So the last one I did, I, I, I we wore all, wore masks, so I wouldn't have to actually do anything with my face. Oh, there you go. Because I think that's that's where you, they get you. You know? Yeah. You start forgetting yeah. how you actually act in normal. Exactly. Life. Like, I don't. What do I usually do with my hands when I'm talking? Like, exactly. Yeah. So you you know you make weird expressions and then I don't know. I'm not a good actor. I'd love yeah. to make a movie. Wouldn't that be great to make your world it, like that? It would be really cool. I mean, it's kind of, I think about it similarly to making an album. It's like just a really complex representation of, of your brain and your thoughts and your ideas. And yeah, it, but it's, movies have such a visual element that it's really cool. It's a more complete version of that. Like if you want to make oh, yeah. the world, like let's, let's say you don't like the world, which I don't. So you would like, if you think of art as that way of correcting it, you know, like correcting yeah. the world, movies are the perfect way to do that, you know? Yeah. Like you just make everything the way you want it to be. That seems like such a, it, I, I, I don't like working with that many people though. And I think working on a movie is like a hundred people or, yeah. you know, it's insane. If you look at the credits at the end of a movie, can you imagine working with that many people? I can't actually. No, I like, can barely. I mean, I can't even read the credits. There's too many. I know. I'm like a two to three guy, kind of. That's about all I can deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's um, we'll switch gears to music a bit. I always like to kind of get an idea of how you got into playing music, whether it was like at a young age as a child, if your parents got you into it. Um, what What was it like for you growing up? Um. I, I got into it late. I, I didn't start playing until I was about 17. Okay. Um, I was, uh, I grew up in New York and my, my father and my uncle both were musicians, but they, they didn't play. My uncle did, but I didn't have like a musical family, you know, mm-hmm. even though they were, they just kind of, they didn't put, push it on me. They didn't really give me any lessons or anything like that. So it was like definitely a, a solitude, angsty teenager move for me you know yeah and uh, i grew up in the kind of town there wasn't a lot of shit man there wasn't i know it was new york but there wasn't it was the 90s you know people were like everyone was in hip-hop in my neighborhood and the only people that listened to music were like punks you know so i just got into punk music yeah and you know go to the city go see punk shows was there like a certain uh band or there, yeah, or there were a lot like thing that that made you like be like I gotta pick up the guitar. There were a lot of bands. I had a friend who it's funny though. I had a friend that the only kids I knew were in a band. They were in this band called Ass Rammed. Was the name of the band. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> well, it was the perfect name for a <laughs> punk band in the nineties. So I, you know, I just go over to their house and watch them rehearse. You know, in their basement, and like you know, we were sixteen or so. We just drink forties and smoke cigarettes. You know. Yeah. And. uh you know, they, we'd have show, like local shows, and we'd go to City. There's a band called The Loiterers. They were like a local kind of New York punk band that, like, we thought were fucking great, you know? And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, CBGB's was open then, so you can go see shows there, and we'd go see, like, Agnostic Front or uh, fucking The Casualties and bands like that. But cool. I, I don't know what bands made me want to play music. I don't know. It just kind of happened. I'd like to say that I did it. I didn't let anyone know I was playing. I kind of just learned by myself for about a year. And then I remember playing finally with somebody. And that was like, oh, man, I had my brother gave me a fake ID when I was a kid. And we'd go to this bar in our neighborhood. 
the bartender knew my brother. So I, when I showed him the ID, he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but we, we, could cool. all, we could all drink there and it was nice. And he was learning how to play guitar too. So this is in New York. The bars close at, you know, four. So when yeah. the bars close, we would hang out and just play guitar together and kind of learned like that, like not around other people. It was kind of better yeah. that way. And I had a lot of friends who were like, put the fucking guitar away. You know, like if I bring it, because <laughs> I started bringing it wherever I went and nobody likes that guy. And yeah. I started bringing it to like parties and everyone was like, oh, Jesus, Andy's playing the fucking guitar again. <laughs> it wasn't really until college that I guess I found, you know, I started a band. Yeah. Where'd you go to college? I went to college in Maryland. So I lived in Baltimore for a while. And uh, I kind of, I joined a band. It was like a jam band. So it was like, cool, cool. That was the only thing that uh, was, was happening there. And I don't know, that's when I got into, I guess, a lot of this stuff. Because like indie rock in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was, it was kind of different, I suppose. It was a lot more direct. You know, you really? go to the record store, you buy a record, you find out about that label, you know, you like yeah. would mail shit to you. Yeah, it was nice. So then you, I had like this personal thing where it was it was very much mine. Like I discovered it. it there wasn't the same kind of way of like just going on the internet and finding it. I mean, there was the internet it was starting. I'm telling you how old I am right now. Yes, <laughs> I'm picking up cues. Yeah, you're picking it up. No, this is, but it was. Uh, I don't know. It was a different. It, it was. It was this kind of personal relationship with this stuff. Yeah, that's cool. What were some of those uh, records you were listening to? I guess. Early Bell and Sebastian records were big for me. Um, I really liked, uh, like, a lot of that Scottish stuff was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, getting, like, Guided by Voices or um, uh, Bill, Bonnie Prince Billy, Palace Brothers stuff. That shit was really cool. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a long time ago now. <laughs> But, I mean, even like, you know, the Grateful Dead, that was huge for me. Yeah. That was like a huge band. And then jazz, like going into the Grateful Dead and then getting into jazz in that kind of trajectory. And just kind of, I didn't, I don't know anything about theory at the time. So it was very much like emotional. So playing music with people and just learning how to listen to people and like just going with stuff. And that, that was big for me. If I didn't move to Texas, though, I think I would have been pretty sloppy. That kind of tightened. Yeah. It was, it was. I was a pretty shitty guitar player until I moved to Texas. So, I think that was a good move. <laughs> and you got you got better by just playing with better musicians. Yeah, well, there's like a lot of killers down here, you know, like really. Yeah, guys. That's what I hear. And when you go up and you play like a hack, you you kind of feel it. So I yeah. I joined a lot of bands that when I first moved down here that were um, kind of in the Americana vein. So you start getting into those like different kind of licks, like Steve Cropper stuff. I don't know if you like listen to Booker T and the MGs or anything like that, or, like uh, Stack stuff. Steve Cropper's on. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of learned gotcha. learn to play like that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm really. It's, it was a different scene when I moved down here. I moved down here in 2008. I was 22, you know. Okay. And it was a totally different scene than it is now. I think it's better now. To be honest, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more bands. There weren't that many bands here. There's so many more bands. There's so many more better bands now. So yeah, it's become kind of a hub. Yeah, it's a. It's. I don't know. You ever been here? 
No, I've never visited. It's definitely changed. It's there's a lot of more more money and yuppies and shit. So yeah, it, I guess that kind of comes along with the uh, all it, those you know the festivals and stuff. Is it's harder to live business opportunities. Yeah, well, there's not as there's not as many weird. I don't want to use that word because that's a fucking slogan. But there's not as many eccentric people that there used to be. There's a lot of the same guy walking around. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's my one judgment. I don't want to get into the negativity of how shitty the city is now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it actually, I'm feeling better about it now that it's closed. You know. That's funny. The community, yeah. it gets, it gets. It actually has been really impressive to see how people react to it. You know, that's cool. And I feel pretty grateful to, for it. I'm, that's I'm really not, nice. Not as cynical as I usually am in this time. Yeah. Okay. Here's a here's a deep question. So you you mentioned this, you know, quote unquote guy that's walking around. There's a lot of the same guy walking around. Uh-huh. How would you How would you compare yourself to that guy? In what ways are you different or the oh, same as like the average Austin guy? I don't know. I mean, all right. So this, I think this goes back to maybe being a little older too, but there's, there's a sense of, uh, it's tough. Well, your interests, the things that you're interested in, you know? Uh, yes. I don't know how you come across them or like how much you spend on any of them or how much you value them. Right. So if you have, mm-hmm. If you spend time with music in your life and you have a collection of music and you've just kind of gone through it in that way where like, I don't know, a record could define like a relationship or something like that, you know, or like a time yeah. in your life. I got a lot of records. I got a lot of shit that I've you know, had my whole life that I've kind of, you know, kept. Mm-hmm. There, I think there's an inherent value to like how much time you spend with something where like you know you know about it it shapes you and you can communicate that right yes and that goes with a lot of stuff it doesn't have to just be music like it could be art it could be something you collect or like people or like actual fucking personality traits you know yeah yeah some people just have a way about them you can tell that they lived something and they have a, a story i'm not saying that these people don't it does seem like they want to buy a lot of their personality. It seems like a lot of their personality is related to the places they go and the th- yeah. they eat and the things that they drink and the things that people tell them is good, right? So I work, yeah. I work at a bar, so I run into these people all the time. And they all ask the same question. They all have the same like kind of new age positivity kind of attitude where like they think as long as they smile and ask a lot of questions, they could treat people like shit kind of. yeah i get you i'm paying for it so like i expect this kind of treatment like the entire world is for me yeah yeah. money i'm a nice looking person and and whatever so i can go through the world and that it's all for me and i want the best thing every time i will not accept anything less than the best thing yeah and they read about it because they went on a fucking blog and they read about the hamburger at this place so they want the thing that everyone had that everyone enjoyed so that they yeah. can also say that they enjoyed it, right? And they go through the entire world like this. They go yeah. to Italy or they go to like Paris and they want the thing that everyone had that's the best thing. That's not the fucking world. That's not how it works. You know? There's, yeah. there's I, I just don't understand that mentality like going through the world like that. 
Like there's a list of things and you can even do that with opinions because then it's like, all right, what's the best opinion? What's the right opinion? Let me get it. Let me say the thing that these people that is, has been ordained as a good opinion. And then I'll say that in front of people. And then I, I, I win that I'm the best guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was gotcha. articulate, but there is this kind of, I don't know. It, there, there's like a factory making this guy and there's a female counterpart too she's just as bad <laughs> but, no you painted the picture nicely yeah i mean I, I spent a lot of time with these people it's, it's unfortunate so I, I don't know and then you know they, they move into your neighborhood and you can't outright say that you don't like them because on the outside they seem like you know just regular nice people they wave to you they walk their stupid fucking dog <laughs> but, but uh yeah they're kind of parasites man they 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 don't create anything that's the most I, I guess that's the most important part they buy stuff they take they're like fucking conquistadors they move into your neighborhood and they just fucking take everything and then when it's done they'll just leave you know yeah and they'll just leave it to rot because they're like oh that's enough I've... and they change they change they create a vacuum in that space so the stuff that they take over, they'll knock a bunch of stuff down. They'll build their shit. And when that's over, the stuff that they move there for, that people spent maybe 20 years. I don't need to explain fucking gentrification to you. But like yeah, I was about to 20, say. 30 years, you know, creating a culture, creating a community. Like they just came, knocked it down, built a bunch of crap, and they don't replace it with anything of value. They just replace yeah. it with themselves. And that's, that's not good. Man, that, you really got me on that one, man. Yeah, I know. I was about to say this feels like some fuel for a, a new song, or maybe, uh, maybe you've already written about this stuff and some music. It. I try to do it. I try to. I mean, it is something that makes me pretty. And also making sure that you don't do that in the world, right? Because like you yeah. can be guilty of that. So like trying to check yourself in that way of like you know treating people like with fucking respect and not expecting so much from the world, you know. Absolutely. I don't expect anything. When someone gives me food, I'm just happy it's food. I don't even care if it's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. That's that seems stupid, but something like that. No, yeah, I think that's an important mindset to to keep in in the back of your head. Yeah, I don't know. Certainly, you're from California. I am from California. A lot of these yep. fucking people are from California. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. I mean, yeah, you described a lot of people I know. I think. Yeah, I don't know, and well. Here's the other part of it, and we, then we can get back into music, which is nice. But uh, when you're outnumbered, you start sounding like the problem, right? So when sure, yeah. there's enough of these people around, their voices collectively outnumber the people who are like, <laughs> I mean, it is, the, it's okay, it's just, that's how you take something over, you know? You just yeah, to- I get you. Yeah. You start, you start sounding like the crazy person. I, I do often. So everyone's like, "Man, you're an asshole." I'm like, "I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's me, <laughs> but it might be. It, I might be the asshole. I am the new. Well, I, I live in Texas, so I don't know you that well yet. But I don't, I don't think you're an asshole. <laughs> like, a, you know, the the pace of a city is very important. I think when some people come to different places, they either adapt to that pace or they demand that other people kind of uh submit you know yeah so i get you. in new york i live in texas i have not adapted as well as i should have so part of it is my fault you know the things i expect yeah but i wouldn't ask anybody to 
fucking knock a building down. <laughs> you know? No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I like it. Good rant. Good rant. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> um, oh, here's a question. So, you know, you, you picked up the guitar around 16, 17, you said. And here you are playing music today. At what point in the journey did you decide, like, music is something that will be my main focus. Like it's my main like career aspiration. Did you know right away, like this is what I want to do and devote my main energy towards, or did it start as a hobby and grow? Um, I think pretty, yeah, almost immediately. It wasn't, it never seemed casual. It it was one mm. of the, th- I thought about this the other day. It's the only really thing that I've ever done that, immediately upon doing it it just has never let go you know yeah it it like sunk its claws in really quick and then that was it and you know i'm 35 so there you go so 17 35 the big reveal yeah i I just that hasn't it's gotten you know more intense you know yeah and that that i mean that's such a nice feeling though this idea that even if you think you've run out of ideas, <clears throat> there's this thing inherently in you that is like a, like a, a carrot on a string, you know? It's very elusive, yeah. and the better you get at it, the more kind of, that kind of quest gets even more intense. Yeah. Because you understand it more, and you're like, oh, my God, I can do this now. And then you got to figure that out. So it do- I think when I was just writing songs, I've talked about this before, this what – your goals are when you start doing stuff. Like when you're a kid, you're like, oh man, I want to just learn how to play this song, you know? Yeah. And you want to write a song and then you want to record a song and then you want to make a record and then, you, you know, just all those kind of milestones. Mm-hmm. And then you just start getting new ones. And I think that now I just, you know, there's a thing that I want to do. There's a sound that I want to make and it eludes me. And the more as time I spend on it, the more it makes sense, and maybe one day I'll do it. But I probably won't, you know? Well, yeah, that's that's kind of, like you said, the beauty of it is you'll always have the next thing to yeah. reach for and it keeps as you shifting. uncover more. You think that you really, like, oh, man, if I can get this thing right, this sound, this, like, mixture of sounds, then I'll be satisfied. But it really it never, it ne- there's never that feeling. You always feel like, oh, I can do this better, you know? Yeah, well, like the satisfaction, I guess, is in the chase. Yeah, and that and that's great because that's also that won't leave you. So you never really. Oh, I'm sorry. No worries. So you never worried about running out of stuff. I mean, there's ways to just destroy my life so I can write songs. I've done that plenty of times. You know, just do something, just really intense, to give you something to write about. But just musically, that the musical thing is infinite. Especially yeah. if you like know anything about music, like these people who have made the most insanely brilliant stuff before you were even thought about it, you know? And then you find them and you realize they've done everything you could ever possibly want to do in their entire career and you're never going to touch that. So that could actually make you want to quit. But if you have any ambition, that you know, because I've gotten to that point where like, oh my God, I thought that I was going to do this completely original thing. And then you just discover some guy who just did it in like 1955. <laughs> yeah. And then and went leaps and bounds beyond anything you could ever think of doing. And then you're just like, oh, fuck, what's the point? 
but it yeah. is, no, it never it never lets up. Which that's that is a nice thing to have in your life. I don't I don't have any other thing to compare it to. I yeah, I think at times it, it is just incomparable. Some people don't have it. You know those people who don't have anything like that. Yeah. That's- the only thing that's come close is I think somebody else, another guest on the show, just describes it to, you know, finding love in another person. Yeah, that is it. But those things are connected too. Yeah, they are. You know, Absolutely. I've tried to write songs to save something, you know. Like God forbid you yeah. mess up a relationship and you're like, if I write this song well enough, I think I could fix this. I think this person will understand me. So then you yeah. have this other thing, like communicating to these people in your life through this vessel, you know, through this like medium. And you're like, yeah. oh, as long as I write the perfect, you know, quatrain <laughs> or just like, <laughs> if I get this verse right, she'll know about it and then everything will be okay. <laughs> and you can communicate to these people like through your past, you know, you can correct yeah. all your mistakes. That's another thing. It's another thing you can fuck, man. What a crazy thing it is. Yeah. It is, it's really it's boundless. Yeah. You mentioned some of these times that you've purposely kind of, you said fucked up your life, but like done something on purpose to fuel the music. If I'm curious if you have any specific stories or just anecdotes um, as to one of those times. Um, I don't know. I, I've, you know, I've been in a few bad relationships where I've done pretty bad things, you know, to people. So, you know, yeah. I've written about it. I've tried to repent, you know? Yeah. I mean, never nobody's hurt or anything other than emotionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never been married. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I've just, uh, I've, I've had a few people that I've always kind of written about through my whole life, you know, written to in, the, yeah. in that way. And it's not just one person. I think they all kind of come into the same mix and you just write about all of them at the same time, you know? Yeah. I don't think I've ever written one song about one person. It's always kind of, they've all gotten in there. I think that would be boring, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. You really want to open that wound for me? I don't want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to just rip you apart if I can. Yeah. No, I don't know. It, it, does, it does seem like uh, I'm also very, I'm backlogged, I think. I'm still yeah. I'm still writing about things that happened a long uh, maybe five years ago. Yeah, I haven't gotten to the present, which is good. Yeah, the present is decent right now, so it's hard to write about it. The all, the other stuff, which was hard, is easier to write about, and I'm still doing that. But I'm yeah, you kind of have to be backlogged, I think. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know unless you're like John Lennon. I don't know if you're writing about something that's happening like immediately. There are people that do that. That's hard to do, yeah. I think it is. That's probably, and I also have a hard time writing about happiness or joy, you know. Yeah. And I'd like to. I'd like to write about that without sounding oh. really cheesy or without sounding um, like you're bragging. Yeah. I'd like to write about something decent in my life. <laughs> Well, there that's part of your goals. It is, I, make it I have not figured it out. I don't know. I don't who would you say who do you know that writes like that that you can be like that Jeez. You know, who has that way yeah. of writing about like a positive thing that is like, wow, that's beautiful, and then you don't kind of resent them for it. <laughs> yeah, I am drawing blanks. It's hard. It is. 
I, I think early like seventies American like folk kind of music to me does that a lot. You know? Yeah. Uh, Chris Christopherson's good at it. If you ever listen to him. No, just that's, I was know. about to ask you for some specifics. Yeah, I don't know. I, I actually can't think of like a beautiful song about a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of them. I can't think of any right now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think you're right. It's just like it's so much easier and so much more common for musicians to channel the negative aspects of life and try to, I mean, it's like all about trying to just make sense of the world, you know? And so it's like the moments that are the hardest are the ones where you need the music the most. And so you don't hear as much happy, yeah. easy, you know, pure in the moment songwriting. Yeah. It's hard. I, 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 I don't listen to a lot of uh, music like that either. I don't listen to a lot of depressing music. I don't really like the. I was talking to my friend about no. Elliot Smith. I never got into Elliot Smith. Me neither. I've just kind of avoided it. And everyone who knows me is like, "How do you not listen to Elliot Smith? That's right up your alley." And I just never did it because it, there's a lot, of, so much like methadone music to me. Like, I never listen to like Sparkle Horse. You, you know that guy? No. Just stuff that sounds like people are just doing heroin. That isn't cool, yeah. like the Velvet Underground, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like really sad bedroom kind of, you know, it's it's kind of, it makes you feel ill a little bit. I don't know if you've ever been really depressed where like you're in that fog. Mm-hmm. Well, like that sounds like that. And I don't want to yeah. feel like that. I'd rather hear something that is lying to me. That's a really, that sounds really sa- happy, but it's about sad things. Yes, that's exactly. more interesting to me. I mean, I think that that's probably what most of the music I listen to is. Yeah. And I think a lot of just the indie rock scene right now is that it's kind of trying to, a lot of times it feels melancholy or nostalgic. It's like kind of mm-hmm. capturing a certain sadness or, you know, down emotion, but then bringing it up and trying to be like positive about it. Yeah, like a nice major seventh chord, you know? Yes. To make everybody yes. feel good. Love a major seventh, yes. Yeah. So who are you listening to right now? I always like to kind of hear what are you uh what are you binging on? Like what are you playing a lot right now on your Spotify account or wherever you listen to music? I uh I'm list- I'm, I'm getting into Duke Ellington. I really like- Ooh, okay. But uh as far as modern music I got really into that Wise Blood record. I don't know if you heard. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that I was a big fan of that too. Knocked me out. I listened to I listened to that so much. I love it. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to get into more Brazilian stuff. I I try to in the last few years. I just got so tired of rock and roll. I guess. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot more. I don't want to call it world music. But just music from different places. You can kind of get into those like golden eras of each country, you know? Yeah. That had like these little pockets of 60s, 70s, like funk music, jazz, and they all kind of had like, it's ama- I don't even know like where, how it, it's eluded me, you know? And that, that's what's cool yeah. about music too. You just, when you run out of one thing, you can go somewhere else and then you can kind of, oh my God, there's an entire world. That I didn't know. Yes. That was happening in fucking Brazil or, you know, Ethiopia or something, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm trying to find that shit. 
Yeah. I know I think I talked about this with somebody else once, but um, yeah, there's some cool Brazilian music I know. Erasmo Carlos. He's like, he got really cool kind of like 70s rock, but mid 60s a little too. And it's Brazilian and it's it's kind of a really cool vibe. Yeah, it's that stuff is pure joy to me. Yeah. You know, even though it's really political. Because, you know, those people were getting fucking exiled and shot. Yes. So that stuff is, you know, that that making music, that that's an interesting thing. Because that's, that's some of the most positive sounding music. It's come, that's what I was it's thinking too, yeah. It's craziest things. You know, it's, it's such a crazy environment to make music that sounds like that. That's fucking, yeah. that's heroic shit, you know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that that fucking Brazilian music is so good. I agree. Uh, what else have I been listening to? I, I listen to John Cale all the time. He's my favorite songwriter all the yeah. time. You know who Bill Fay is? No, I don't know Bill Fay. Bill Fay is like an English songwriter from the 60s who like went into kind of, he's a bit of a recluse, you know? So he made these yeah. records, they're beautiful, beautiful records. And then he didn't do didn't do anything for years. And then I think I think Jeff Tweedy had a lot to do with it. He, he pulled him out of um, retirement, pretty much. And then he, he produced a few records for him. But it's really good. It's like amazing. I'll check it out. Yeah. I don't. I don't you, you know who Scott Walker is? No. Scott Walker is another one of those guys. Just like massive, huge arrangements, like a huge, like an orchestra, you know, with these cool. beautiful songs. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get into that stuff, man. Do you like a lot of old No, I mean, stuff? half the reason I, I do this is just to find some new stuff to listen to. I like to hear, you know, I discover I discover your music and then it's like really awesome to hear you tell me what you listen to and then I can go dig down the rabbit hole, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I am a little bit stuck in, uh, I don't listen to a lot of new stuff. Like I'm guilty of that. So I'm, well, I'm, also, I mean, I'm up for anything you got, if you think some shit's cool, you know? Well, I, you may know this band. I, I was recommended this by another friend of mine recently. You were talking about the the songwriter from uh, England you were just talking about. Reminded oh, The way you were describing it reminded me a little bit of the Cleaners from Venus. Oh, hell yeah. Those guys are great. Yeah, I just kind of discovered that, and there's right. just like a huge back catalog that I've been kind of tons of records. Those guys are sifting stuff. through. That's really cool stuff. And then um, another Brazilian artist I listen to, maybe you know Arthur Verakai. No, I don't know him either. That's not new music either, but that's like another. He's another Brazilian guy who makes really cool, Sweet. happy, '60s '70s rock Brazilian music. You ever heard uh, Os Mutantes? You know who that band is. No, they're pretty cool. Uh, I'm making a list though. Yeah, I'll, I'll write it to you too. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of guys like that that were like Beatles, like late '60s, kind of uh, psychedelic, Tropicalia is what they call it, I guess. Okay, yeah. With these badass records, like in like '68, '69. That sounds super cool. Yeah, and awesome guitar tones, like really fucking cool. This band called. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Novos Baños. It's not bathroom, but it's like B A I A N O S. Baños. Okay. Novos Baños. But yeah, super good. Os Potantos, that band. 
fucking coolest shit come. I think Osutantes is from Argentina or Chile. Anyway. Cool. Well, uh, here's a good question. This is kind of a fun one. We'll switch gears back to talking about your music. I always like to hear what your favorite song is of your own. Oh, boy. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think I did a good job. I, I not. I wouldn't say like my favorite song, but like when I, when I tried to do something, I came close to it. You know. Yeah. But uh, have you you listened to the new record? I'm guessing that's why we're talking. <laughs> Absolutely, I loved it. Yeah. I think the first song on it, um, the song Palm Sunday, is it. It has a lot of the stuff that I I wanted to hear. Yeah. You know. There's a, a couple modes on it that I got really into that I think we can we 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 got. There's this Benny Goodman aspect to the horn arrangement. And uh, do you know anything about theory at all? You musician? Um, only only the bare minimum. Yeah. Well, there's just a couple moves on that song that I've been yeah trying to figure out for a long time, and like, ooh, I came pretty close. That was that was pretty good. Yeah. And uh, the guitar tone is good it's kind of fucked up and I, I i'm into that i like i like a a nice back like a if you look at a really nice painting and the whole background is really beautiful you know like a landscape yeah and then you just fuck that up with some really ugly thing you know <laughs> i like yeah aspect of music i like to creating a really nice undercurrent of beautiful sounds and then like something very ugly yeah you know the contrast of it i do yeah, like that song I, like that I, I had a lot of ideas about it and especially when people ask you what a song's about i don't really know i don't really know what it's about yeah i started thinking about what it was about and i don't know you ever uh watch somebody having a really good time because they don't know how bad something's gonna be <laughs> absolutely like but you're just gonna let them have the good time because like tomorrow it's gonna be bad <laughs> Yes, you yes, know? yes. That's what I was thinking about that song. Also, the you know I'm not religious, but the Jesus thing because like Jesus is going into Jerusalem, and he's on a donkey, and everybody's super stoked about it, and then he gets fucking killed. You know? Yeah. So it's the same idea. Like I don't know. I had a I had a friend in mind when I wrote it. Some that I don't actually talk to anymore. So it's weird. But I saw the I saw the the fall from grace. You know. Yeah. And uh, I also saw the pre-celebratory fall from grace. I was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, well, they'll know soon enough, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. So that, that kind of, that, that's what my idea for the song was. And I wrote it over a really long period of time. I rewrote it a lot. And it, yeah. it changed. So I'm, I'm proud of that song. I'm also proud of that Standing in the Daylight song. I think I, I got this one feeling we got this beautiful, beautiful, like perfect mistake happened. And it it's towards the end of the song. It almost looks like the whole, it sounds like the whole sky opens up, you know, like this 1940s yeah. score when like yes. the guy kisses the girl and it's like beautiful and like, you know, and we, yep. we, we got it by accident. It was such a beautiful thing. And That's you know, cool. that stuff when you're in a studio and you just like lose it, you're like, yes, <laughs> you know? Yes, 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 yes. When I was listening to it, I felt like, there were multiple songs where I felt like this could score, you know, mm. an old movie of, you know, various types of movies, but it just has that feel to it. Yeah. It's the closest I've gotten to, 
I don't if if you get inside like the architecture of songs, sometimes you realize like how well they're built. You know, yeah. Like some so- songs are very flimsy, and when if you learn some song, you're like, oh, I could, all right, that's kind of one dimensional. And then you learn like these mat like standards, like jazz standards, or like even a, like a Beatles song, to some degree. You're like, yeah. wow, this song is so complicated and simple and well built, and everything communicates so well. And I've always wanted to write a song like that. It's very hard to, because you have to be really good. You know? Yeah. So that a few times where I feel like, oh wow, this is a pretty good song, you know. I I sell I do things in songs sometimes to sabotage them, and I didn't do that on that one. Yeah. You know, sometimes I fuck up my own songs just because I don't want them to sound boring. You know. Can you give an example? Uh, every bridge I've ever written is just like, thing. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. well, this song's going really well. Let's just throw some thing in here now for about eight bars or so that just ruin the song. <laughs> so just, I don't know, it, but it makes me feel like I I tried. Yeah, I, I didn't just settle for a normal kind of arrangement. I did something weird that kind of changed the whole song, and uh, I think I do that a little too much, where I don't just let something be. You know, I'm getting too much into my psychology of it, but I, I don't know. I'm, no, I like it. Yeah, a lot of songs work that way. And you're like, oh, I'm really glad that they went to that weird bridge. And then you're like, yeah. oh, man, that was almost a good song. <laughs> I think I do that a lot. When I look back at the songs I've written, I'm like, man, why the fuck did I do that? Yeah, I mean, I guess you kind of have to, though. Like you said, it's like, it's you got to take that risk to push it to the next level, even if that means that it ends up bumming you out the majority of the time on other songs. I'm in this unique position of uh, being a perfectionist, but not that talented. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) So I'm never happy with anything I do, yet I'm uh, unable to make it better. So it's a strange... That's a fun fun combo. Yeah, I just figured that out about myself. Now that I don't have my band with me and I just have to make stuff on my own in my computer... Like, yeah, man, I sure suck. <laughs> it's awful. Well, that's a good uh, segue to my next question. Of you describe, you know, Palm Sunday being one of your favorites because you got the closest to what you were going for. What is a song where you felt farthest away from what you were going for? Hmm. Um, a lot of there's two songs on the record that I wrote on the spot in the studio that I don't have a personal connection with. And the, the single that Oh Boredom song, um, yeah. which I, I ended up, I went to my engineer's house and I did landscaping for him and he gave me like a free day in the studio. It's very generous. Yeah. So it was just me and him. And we just, I, I had a, a little, you know, kind of chord progression I was fucking with. He played drums. I played Wurlitzer. And we just kind of wrote the song. And when you write like that, you don't have this urgency to it. You know, mm-hmm. you write another song, you're like, I wrote these lyrics and the song and I want to, you know, it's burning inside of me. Let's record it, you know? Yeah. But that one I wrote just very much there. We wrote the chords, we mapped out the arrangement, and then I wrote some words, we recorded it, and it was done, you know? Yeah. And I didn't think about it. And then I had to hear it a thousand times. Yeah. And also it like represented the record. It was like yeah. a single that they pushed. 
and that people responded to and asked, you know, to we played on the radio, we did stuff like to promote the record and we had to start playing it live. And I didn't I did I, I don't think I performed it that well for a while because I didn't really know what it was about. <laughs> you know? That's yeah, that's so interesting how that happens. But when you play something thirty times you start thinking about it. We and we went yeah. on tour and we had to play it every night and by the end of it, I was like, all right, that's not a bad song. Yeah. It's one of the few songs I played bass on, too, so it was kind of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. That's fun. I'm a, I'm a bass player myself, so. Yeah, well, my bass player had a hell of a time learning it, because he's like, who the fuck played bass on this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that would be me. No good? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a bad song. I just don't really know. I don't know about it. I don't think about it. like a, It's not like a child, like the, some of them are. It's just kind of yeah. a kid who hangs around the neighborhood, just keeps eating at my house or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. What do you think is it about the song that makes other people like it? I mean, it's upbeat. It's got mm-hmm. cool drum sounds. It's got a couple of cool melodies. It's not a bad song, you know. No, I really definitely. feel like it's mine. So I don't really I could look at it like that. Like it's not a bad song. Um yeah, I guess it's it's one of the more upbeat numbers that I've ever done. So my father likes it. My dad doesn't like all my depressing songs. Yeah, <laughs> that that does seem like a parent feedback right there. Yeah, yeah like you got to keep it upbeat. He's very into that. Yeah. So yeah, that's that, really funny. Also, you like Richard Swift? Yes, love Richard Swift. Yeah, it, we kind of got that nice Richard Swift drum sound on it. So that was a nice yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you that, know what? That now that you mention it, totally. Yeah. That was a goal, and we're like, man, let's. Let's do that. And it just also, we did it with uh, very few people. So that felt good too, to just do everything on a song, you know? Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. The horn part's cool. Those guys did a good job. Yeah, the horns are awesome. Yeah. I love the horns. And that that guy did the same thing. He came in, he just banged that. I think that might have been the first thing he did. Just did it real quick. And we're like, yep, that's it. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess that works sometimes. Just, uh, yeah. just, don't, just don't think, right? You know? Well, also, I think that's the thing about me too. I, I think if I don't, if I don't pine over something and just brood, that it's not good, which isn't always the case. Yeah. Sometimes you really take the life out of something by uh, overworking it. You know? Yeah. So maybe that's well, why people liked it because I didn't do that. Yeah. This seems like a good time for me to ask you the kind of main question that I always ask during the interview and kind of the whole point of the show, we've slowly been building towards it, but I'm really just a huge music enthusiast and fan. And I'm just interested in hearing why musicians decide to spend so much of their time trying to make music. I mean, we've talked about the, you know, the heartbreaks and the, and the times where you want to give up and it's not easy, especially being an independent musician. So the question is, why do you make music? Oh, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to do anything else. I mean, I know how to do something. I don't know how to do anything this well. I'm really glad I spent my life doing this. It seems like a more admirable um, craft to, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think I would like doing anything else this much. And I, you also, you see other people live their lives and you see like what they get out of that. You know, maybe someone who's like my people in my own family, you know, 
if you watch people who toil and work because they want things, you know, material things, or, you know, family or just whatever you want in America, you see what they get and then they die. And you're like, well, that was, that didn't seem worth it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so playing music seems like it, it's a, it's a better, better way to go. It, it, it has such, so many more payoffs to me than, than having, I don't have any much of anything. I don't own anything, you know, but mm -hmm. that, that I have those things. I made some stuff. I don't know if it's worth it. You can't put it on a resume, you know, like if it all falls apart tomorrow and everyone's like, we don't want you to play music anymore because we hate you. <laughs> like, all right. Like, I don't know what I would do. There was a time where I, I didn't have a band, you know, between bands kind of splitting up, you know? Yeah. And then you just in a, you know, you just work somewhere and I don't know, maybe you didn't have a girlfriend or really a nice place to live and you start putting it down on paper like all right what is your life it, it does sound kind of sad but if you have a band it gives your life shape i think it's yeah. always given my life shape and i don't know i've always wanted to be in the gang like that yeah like the last gang in town kind of thing so that there is a there's a feeling about being around five people getting together once a week twice a week just playing some fucking silly shit together and uh that's great that's the best thing I have, you know? Hell yeah. I, I suppose. My cats and my girlfriend are cool too. <laughs> yeah, but of course. Uh, that's the best thing. It, it, and especially when it's, when other people like it, which is never the really expectation. I don't expect anybody to like it. But when people do, that that's an interesting payoff that you didn't even account for. When someone like yeah. sings a song or they write to you, like somebody like you, like, Somebody writes to you and say they like something you did and maybe says something thoughtful about it. You're like, wow, okay. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> you know, yeah, I didn't definitely. expect that. I didn't, you know, but that's really nice that, that, that other people like things that you do. I always try Absolutely. to tell people if I, something really, you know, really hits hard, I, I always try to write to those people because I know how nice it feels if somebody does that. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. Those are all good answers. Yeah. I also, I really can't stress enough that I'm really not good at anything else. <laughs> so, That's the real underlying truth. Huh? Yeah. I tried working with my hands, but I, I'm not cut out for it, I suppose. You know, you said you work at a bar. I mean, when you're not, uh, when you're not playing music, what else do you do? Just as hobbies or anything, even if you're not good at it. You said landscaping at one point. Uh, I, I, I got into photography a little while ago. I started buying some film cameras. That's cool, yeah. Taking pictures. I like doing that a lot. Um, I don't know if I'm good at it. I'm, I have a few friends who are photographers. And like you, a picture is different than a song, you know? Oh, yeah. I could look at a picture and I can be like, that's a good picture. And it, I imagine that I have enough information to inform that because I have eyes. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> which seems really arrogant because I think that's, you're putting yourself in a really bad, like I'd go to an art museum and I could look at yeah. a painting and say, I think I like that painting. And then someone who knows a lot about art could be like, you're a fucking moron. That painting's horrible. And I'll tell oh, yeah. you why. I'll tell you why it's bad, which is the interesting part. Yeah. With photography, it's, it's so much different. There's, there's not as many variables that make a good picture and a bad picture that I can really put my finger on. So when I take mm -hmm. a picture and I think it's good, I just want someone who has 
an eye for it to tell me why it's bad so I can get better at it, you know? Yeah. But I, I like I like doing it. I like the whole process. I like how it's precious when you it's filmed, you know? Yeah. And you got to really like, ah, is that worth it? Because it's fucking expensive, you know? Yes. And I built a dark room that I never really got up and running, but I, I had all intentions of developing my own film. So I, I got that on the back burner. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I got the time now. I should probably do it. Yeah. It's too hot in Texas to get a, to have a working dark room in a in a back shed, you know? Yeah. Like it's temperature controlled. Yeah. What else? I don't envy the the weather there. <laughs> I like gardening. I like, you know, I like outdoor. I'm not an outdoorsman at all. I don't do any actual activities. But I, <laughs> but I like <laughs> I like the stuff in my yard and I like keeping it nice. I like gardening. That's cool. Yeah. What about you? Well, besides music, I'm obviously very into listening to music and making playlists, and I like to play a little bit, even though I'm not good. Um, I like, I'm a huge baseball fan. Oh, yeah? What's uh, the team? Uh, the Angels. The Angels. Ah. Yes, they're kind of, I mean, I grew up here. They're the Orange County team, you know. They yeah. play in Anaheim. Um, my oh, family, yeah. my dad and my grandpa on his side are big baseball fans so it's been passed down um the angels man i don't feel any connection to that team except for that movie <laughs> oh yeah 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 angels, angels in, the outfield. in the outfield yeah that was a big yeah that's a great movie that's a remake you know it's an old movie oh yeah it's from, there's a movie i think it's from the 40s dang i haven't seen the original yeah yeah it's just as, it's just as fucking dopey you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i was a mets fan as a kid though I... oh okay so i actually i do find when i meet mets fans there's some commonality in like the angels are often in a similar are you, uh, situation as in like they never quite can pull it together they're always kind of a very on the edge of your person you're a better person for it let me tell you. yes because i grew up with yankees fans and they just expect to fucking win all the time Exactly. And it shifts your worldview. Like you probably yes. like all the underdogs, don't you? Who are your heroes? I do. They're I do. all bums, just like me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a weird thing to like the bums and to go for them. It is weird. I think it changes the way you look at the world. Those people yeah. that with the fucking house, they're the criminals. I don't understand how you could be a Yankees fan. I don't either. <laughs> it it makes me upset. They're not great it? anymore, so it serves them right. But I actually yeah. I haven't watched baseball in a very. I haven't watched any sports in years. I just lost interest. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a funny thing. Sports. It's like, I I equally recognize that it's like can be really meaningful and really pointless at the same time, depending on how you look at it. Uh-huh. I, it doesn't just when I watch people suffer through it, I don't get it anymore. But I do remember the last time I watched baseball was when the Mets lost the World Series in two thousand. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched baseball in 20 years, if you can believe that. I believe it. Yeah, and uh, that was it for me. But I remember almost being religious about watching the game and praying that they win. Yes, so exactly. so emotionally tied to this team that if yes. they didn't win, I would want to die. <laughs> yes. And I remember that it feeling, can... and it's so gone to me now. Like, I couldn't care less. But when yeah. I watch somebody go through it, I'm like, ah, oh, man. Come on, you know? 
<laughs> like people in my band, you know, like watching like a game while during rehearsal, like they got their phone watching like a football game or some shit. Yeah. And like, can we focus here? <laughs> but, That's funny. Yeah. But they, you know, they, they're so committed to it. Like, like you're not going to change the outcome. Just find out who wins later. Yeah. But there is this telepathic feeling that if I watch this game and I put my energy into them, maybe they'll win. I remember that. Yeah. That weird fucking delusion. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It is a delusion. It's, it's really a funny dichotomy kind of, it's just like, it can be, it can be kind of like a religion. It's very proletariat though. I, I wouldn't take that away from people. You, know, you, you need, you need that, uh, it does give you a sense of of winning, of def- the defeat in a, in a life that maybe doesn't give you that many victories. You know. Yeah. It's the, you know, they, maybe they, that's why they give it to us. Yeah. So that we feel like we're accomplishing something, even though we're we're not really a part of it. Yeah. I'm gonna get out the political aspects of sport. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, I'm into yeah. it. All right, we will uh, play a little game here coming to the end all right i just do this little kind of fun game at the end call it soundtrack to your life i just give you three scenarios and you pretend like you're in a movie and you give me a song that kind of fits the scene oh okay all right so first one up we'll say you're on the ultimate road trip oh boy you're going cross country you're in the middle of nowhere with your best friends you're in a vw ba- uh, van okay can i be in my own van you could be in your own van. Yep. <laughs> I'll allow that. Um, you know, the weather's perfect. Everything's, you know, so happy. What what's what's like your ultimate song playing in the background? What state are we in? Where are we? What's the... Uh... Um, you're crossing through uh, Wyoming. Ooh, beautiful. Yes. Lots of beautiful scenery. Okay. There's a few things that I want to listen to. Maybe Neil Young. Mm-hmm. Wyoming feels like... I could listen to Comes a Time by Neil Young and be very nice. Or maybe Brian Eno, Another Green World, would be very nice. Because it's yes. alien. It's an alien feeling, that record. Yeah. I'd like to die to that record, though, if I could, if I was slowly Ooh. dying. But yeah, Neil Young feels appropriate to the landscape, you know? Yeah. Maybe Neil Young's like first record. That would be cool. That seemed yeah. more pastoral to me. <laughs> Good choice. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two, we'll say you've um, you just went to a nice dinner date oh. with a uh, longtime partner. Okay. You're deeply in love. All right. Everything's going super well, but then. They crush you and they dump you seemingly out of nowhere. Oh, no. And now she's left, she's left the restaurant. You're sitting there alone, not understanding what happened or what you did wrong, and you're just totally heartbroken. What song is playing? Okay. Have you ever heard A Little Touch of Schmielsen in the Night by Harry Nielsen? Do you know that record? I, I know a few Harry Nielsen songs, but not that one. But I'll check it out. Okay. Well, it's a, <laughs> it's a record of standards you know like okay Cole porter and gershwin kind of stuff okay but it's a full orchestra it's i think it's nelson riddle who's sinatra's arranger you know so it's yeah. a beautiful orchestra and it's like 
you must remember this, like all that stuff, you know? I think a yeah. 1940s classic sung by Harry Nielsen would be great. That sounds good. Yeah. Or, check it out. I don't know if you know Without Her by Harry Nielsen. That's a great song. Not I Can't Live If Living Was Without You, the famous one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that finger song. Okay. But there's a song called Without You, which is very good. I don't know if it would play immediately upon being dumped. <laughs> yes, maybe on reflection. Yeah. Uh, but that would be nice if it cued. It would be nice if every time I felt something, a uh, music would turn on in the sky. <laughs> That's that is what we're pretending right now. Yes, yeah. right. I like I that I'm idea not, too. I'm not satisfied with that answer, but I think something sad like that. You know, I think that's I think that works. Yeah. <laughs> Final scene: You are in a bar with your best buds, mm-hmm. um, but some douchey guy from Austin that you hate and who is fake comes up and bumps into you and you know you play it cool but then he gets really offended mm. thinking that you bumped into him full out bar bar fight starts full brawl brawl what is what is the ultimate bar fight song playing in the background shit it's got to be something intense yeah okay can well, I- it can be whatever can I do another Brian Eno song? Do you know Absolutely. you ever heard Third Uncle by Brian Eno? No, I have not. All right, it's on this record. It's called Taking Tiger Mountain. And it's got you should the most intense intro to a song. It's just this delayed bass, like boom, bo don't boom, but don't. It sounds like a, a Pink Floyd song. Like one of these cool. days, you know, one of these days with Pink Floyd? Yeah. It's like that. But then it's just fucking badass. It would be a cool song to, you know, clear a bar out to. That sounds great. Are you gonna put? You should put all these songs together. <laughs> yes, I have a playlist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Third Uncle Brian, you know, it's a really cool song. It's about um, killing the entire generation of Chinese. It's about the Cultural Revolution in China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's about killing your family because they go against the uh, the new way. Wow, it's a cool song. <laughs> that is it. That's an interesting theme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearing away. Awesome. Those are those are all fantastic choices. Yeah, cool. I'll, I have a playlist going, so I'll add all those to the playlist, and you can hear them in a row and picture the scenes in your mind. You ever seen Goodfellas before? You know what? I have not. Uh, there was a great scene where they're beating the crap out of this guy to that song Atlantis by Donovan. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's dead in it. That's a good, that's <laughs> a nice juxtaposition of like horrible violence and like beautiful song. You know, yeah, Check I kind of like that vibe too. That's cool. <laughs> All right, man, we talked for a while. I just realized. Yeah, we're pretty much at the end here. So yeah. last last couple things I always end on is just if you don't mind, if you could think of somebody else that you know that I could interview for the show at some point in the future that you think would have some interesting things to say about why they make music. Austin bands, or just anybody? Anybody. Uh, I'd say like my favorite bands in Austin that I think are really brilliant. Uh, my There's this band called Big Bill. It's really, really good. They're kind of like a Devo oh. kind of band. Cool. Oh, man, Devo would have been good for that bar fight. Shit. Um, there's this really great band. Well, my friend Elijah Ford's a really good guy. We work together a lot. He'd be good. Um, this guy, Ben Ballinger, who's a really good songwriter. Um, there's this band called... P.R. Newman is my friend Spencer, kind of does most of the things on his own, but he's got this really great band. 
Um, yeah. As far as like, th- cool. I think those are the, some of the best bands in Austin that I think would have a lot of interesting things to say. That sounds awesome. Hopefully I can, you know, get in touch with them and yeah. uh, talk to them soon too. That would be, that would be awesome. Cool. Well, why don't you um, tell people where they can find your music kind of Instagram account and stuff like that? I have a uh, Instagram account. <laughs> it's uh, star parks. I think star is an underscore in there. Um, I have Facebook. I have Ask Jeeves. No, I don't have that. <laughs> I was about to say, I was yeah. like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I guess our website is uh, Star Parks Music, and we're on Spotify. We're on, we're on all that stuff, and you can buy our record through our label, which is Modern Outsider, or you can buy it through Bandcamp. Um, either way is fine. Um, the if you're in the Austin area and you want to buy a record, I will deliver it to you because I have nothing to do right now. So I've been doing a lot of wow. Um, otherwise I haven't gone to the post office and I will ship them off. If you buy it through Bandcamp, I will mail it. If you buy it through the label, I don't know if they're, uh, doing that right now. Cause, uh, the, you know, what's going on, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to take the risk to send you the record. So if you'd like it, I will send it. Uh, yeah, that's about it. We're on all that stuff. I don't do the Twitter really. So I'm not on that. Sure. I have an account. However, I don't really do anything on it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm on all yeah. there's I mean, there's too many things. You can't do them all. There's too many things. And I don't care enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's hard I'm to care sometimes. It, so. But uh, I should be. I, I try to put on some cool videos and not uh, me in my house doing dumb shit, which no one cares about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think a lot of people would care about that. Well, too bad. <laughs> all right. You just keep it to yourself. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah, all this stuff will be linked and people will be able to find it easily. I definitely recommend everybody go check out the new album. It's super good. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Do you have anything you want to add in at the end? I hope everyone's all right. And uh, this ends soon, and I hope we can tour. We were going to come to California, too, so uh, it really sucks. We are going to be there first week of May. So hopefully oh, we can tour again, and maybe we can play some shows in Orange County. I don't know. I hope so. That would be yeah. cool. I hope everyone's good. Don't go to stupid protests. unless Yes, don't do that. Unless they're good protests when this is over. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. All right, man. Keep making cool shit. This has been fun. Um, we always end with a high five. Of course, we're not together, so I'll just count down from three, and then we'll high five virtually. All right. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one. Nice. There you go. All right, Perfect. Man. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you. See you around, huh?